your hands together. Put 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 your hands together. Oh, those are very cool pants. Yeah, cool fish scales. This is so intimate, you stopped clapping immediately. I got so close to you, and then you got nervous. I get it, because it's intimate. And then I got close, and then you guys realized I could see you in your pants. And so that was nerve-wracking. Don't worry, I'm such a nice little buddy. Everything's going to be great. And there's a wonderful lineup of comics backstage. They can hear you. Let's hear it for those comics. have an amazing co-host on this show. Her name is Rhea Butcher. She's going to come out right now. Let's hear it for Rhea Butcher. Hello. That is me. Hey, bud. Look at these pants. Hey, bud. Great pants. Yeah, it's like a mer-person, right? A mer-person. Yes, you're on land. I know. But she, partially she, fish. And she also talked, so she didn't even have to right. get rid of her voice. You didn't trade anything to be up here. you guys remember a little movie called... The little, I shouldn't have said a little movie yeah, you, called The Little Mermaid. You really I blew my load yeah, too early. Do you guys remember a big old movie called The Little Mermaid? Because comedy is a lot in the contrast, right? Yeah, so you're you like, can't. do you remember a little movie called The Teeny Year Mermaid? <laughs> then you kind of mess that up. People yep. are like, that's not what it was called because most people remember that movie. It was kind of a hit. Yeah. <laughs> it made a big splash. Oh, no! <laughs> that's also another mermaid movie. Wait, Yay! Can I ask you a follow-up question? Sure. Um, Rhea, since you have short hair, yes. when you go swimming, <laughs> yes. how much in your mind are you trying to be like, when you come out of the water? Um, zero. Zero amounts? <laughs> zero amounts am so I trying like, to flip then my hair. So which part of the, so you never push up on a rock? Like, never no, I like, never do. <laughs> you never do that? Never. That's ridiculous. I related most to Sebastian and Eric. Those are my two. <laughs> but like, but like straight yeah. up, Eric has like a huge area. Do you remember how well, big that is? No. <laughs> I think we watched that movie for very different reasons. Because that's like, not the part I related to. <laughs> it was mostly the hair. No, no, no. But like, all right. Let's say you start that movie and you're already looking for like the penis that's in the sign that's in the sandcastle. No, oh, no, because no, it's like yeah. part of that whole Disney thing where it was the just penis like in the sandcastle. Just yes. like beautiful ladies take off their clothes or like whatever that. Sure. You know when the tiger in Aladdin young when he teenagers says, take off your clothes. That's what it is. Yeah. And then sex settles in, the, in dust. the dust in the Lion King. And these are the moments from Disney movies from our childhood. That includes sexual imagery, and it's a little weird that you didn't know all of them. Like you honestly, know all of them. I feel like as we went through them, you should have just been like, "I can't fucking believe that these two adults remember all that stuff with this the is lives like that they lead. They're so busy. They're famous. We can't believe that they remember all this stuff from our childhoods and kind of related to us in this kind of personal way." And I'm sorry if we lost you because that just means like I'm just that you don't know how to get on board. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> Like, there are so many lifeboats, you but you're choosing to go down with the Titanic, yeah. is what I'm saying about this audience. No, 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 I'll take this dresser. Yeah, I'll yeah, go yeah. with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, what's a bunch of Billy Zanes in here. I got it at the last <laughs> hey. minute. That, and you don't know that 
know? Christ. What do you know? I, do you know that there are things called movies? And Hollywood stars. Yeah. Hollywood stars. Then the rest of that reference. Do Fuck. they know things? What do they know? Let's ask them and find out. That's from Bojack Horseman. Thank you. Okay. It says, we have our own thoughts. And it's yeah. not like just a barrage of those things, but those were impressive. We were on a flight to here. <laughs> from Los Seattle. Yeah. From Seattle. And we were on Southwest. And Southwest has that bizarre boarding process. Do you guys know the Southwest? Clap if you know the Southwest boarding process. Almost everybody. See, and I think the rest of you just were lazy because I think you actually know what it is, which is that you're given an actual number. You're not given a seat number. You're given a number that you are. You are that number. Yes. I was A31. I was A32. Those were our numbers. Pretty all right. Yeah, not too shabby. paid for them. That's the only way you can get that number. But, uh... We, we got into line, and there was uh, there were two people already in line. Yeah. Uh, they were A33 and A34. So I know that because I asked them, hey, what are your numbers? Yep. And then they told us A33 and A34, and I was like, perfect. We're 31 and 32, because that's what you do when you get in line. You don't yeah. just get in line like an animal. Yeah. You tell the people what the, your number is, so you're like, right? So n- numerically... Cool. Great. Awesome. Just going to go right here. Boop, boop. Yeah, exactly. Numerically... Uh, 31 and 32, as you guys know, are uh, closer to one. One being the lowest number, which is therefore the first spot in line. So we uh, stood in front of them, which is what everyone is supposed Supposed to to do. do. But they were mad. Angry. They were so mad. And the gentleman, he was watching football. And uh, he was watching football on his phone loudly without earbuds. It's already just like, go fuck yourself. Like, what? Like, literally, like, how? Like, how? How is this what we've decided is okay? Just, like, personal televisions and then just bumping into each other and just, like, loudly, just right next to, like, just a tiny, just on my... I was upset by him. Yes. But I decided, because I'm an adult person, to just be like, hey, no problem. By the way, welcome to the show. Get in here. Come on in. So I'm, I'm like, not even affected by his football sure. stuff. Then he starts saying weird shit to us. Like, yeah. fucking idiots. They were like, we were in line. Fucking crazy idiots. We were in line. We've been in line. crazy idiots. They call us crazy cutting idiots. Us. Yeah, crazy they idiots. They also said we were cutting them. We were like, oh, actually, but I, we, Southwest goes by the number. There's a I number was pointing at the numbers right here on the, above their heads. Numbers, and they were like, no, it's just a group. So this is the number and then the us. Okay, right? Um, and then we turned around. And then he said, Now you're fucking hitting me with my backpack? Or with... That's nah, not what yeah, he yeah, said. Yeah. <laughs> with your backpack. And the only reason that I was hitting him with my backpack is because while he called us crazy idiots, he leaned in to call us crazy idiots. And I said, Oh, give actually, that's space. just the number. <laughs> and then when I turned back, he had gotten into the space of my backpack. Um, and so then he was hit by it. Um, hit by backpack but it certainly wasn't yes <laughs> it certainly wasn't like some sort of aggressive not at all like also just like I mean just can you imagine being that kind of an adult that's just like bam bam like I'm not I ain't no ninja turtle yeah, like, you're not in kindergarten and if I was I'd be using my size not my shell sure. um, nothing on that nothing Oh, how old is everyone? 12? 12 and 82? 12 and 82. There's a 60-year spread. understand. 70? How many are numbers are between those things? Who gives a fuck? My point is, 
I don't know how many numbers there are, but I know which order they go in. Yes. And these people behind us didn't know that. So he calls yes. crazy edits. We turn around. They said, fucking hit me with, my backpack, with your backpack. And I was like, I'm just standing here trying to get in line. And he said, uh, yeah, but we were here fucking first. That's not how Southwest works. You are supposed to get behind us. And the funny thing is, absolutely, this is how Southwest is working. But I, so I was like, actually, this is how Southwest works. And then he said, uh, like, shut up. And then I just said to Rhea, eyes forward, eyes forward. Yes. Don't engage. And then he said, that's right, turn around, sir. To me. To her. To me. <laughs> Not to me. Not to me. You see, if it's Rhea. <laughs> Not to me. If it's Rhea, there's a world in which this is just a mistake. Because, by the way, moments before we got in line, we were actually having the conversation. I turned to Cameron and I said, I am just actually passing as a man in this airport because I walked through she all this. I was wearing jacket. this outfit. And yeah. people were like, what can I get for you today, sir? Have a good one, sir. Like, no matter how much I spoke. <laughs> nothing. I was like, great. I'm just a dude today. This feels great. But it was, People were paying me more money. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah, they kept giving her more change. Too much change. They kept giving you yeah. too much change. Yeah, they were like, you want a deal on a car? We just want to give it to you. So we feel like you can drive it better. <laughs> The guy behind us didn't sir Rhea, he sir me. So if you sir me, that's actually like, oh shit, this is about to get kind of hate crimey. Because it was also his, the intention, the, the way he, he didn't even look for up from his phone because I watched him when he did it. He said, all right, sir. Like, he took so much time, like, locked and loaded, and was just like, I know what I'm going to say right now. Yeah, oh, just like, just like, oh, how can I say dyke but not have it be dyke? You know, just like, exactly. Just like, I got it, sir, you know. And the thing is, we tweeted about this experience, and people asked me the follow-up question, how do you know that when he said sir, he was trying to shame you and bash you and be anti-gay? And the reason that I know that that's what he meant is because I'm a gay person, and um, yes. that's how I know. And you can you can feel it in every ounce of your being. Because you can absolutely tell. There's never a moment where I'm like, wait a minute. Is this like a fucked up thing that you're saying because I'm gay? I just can't tell. Like you always 100% know, 100%. Yeah. Like he's really ahead of the curve on like gendering people properly. Yeah, like, that's, a, that's absolutely. So um, we started getting on the plane and uh, this gentleman like got right up behind us and then he decided to sit next to us on Across the, the plane aisle. to taunt us. At which point Rhea said, we are being gay bashed by this man. To the gay Which was true. And so Southwest, Southwest fucking airlines stopped the boarding process and they sent on a woman to talk to us and this woman had short hair. She was also black. And later when we tweeted about it, I said they sent a visibly queer looking woman on the plane and somebody asked me, wait a minute, isn't that a stereotype? What do you mean by queer looking? Are you sure you can tell if someone is gay? And I'm gonna tell you the reason I know I can tell if someone is gay is because I am a gay person. 
Also, might I add, when she looked into Cameron's face, she said, oh, my God, I'm such a huge fan. Yes! Very gay. She was a huge fan! Very gay. She was a huge fucking fan! (laughs) So she said, what happened right here? I said, these people are yelling at us, and they are using anti-gay language, and I just don't want them to sit next to us, and they won't move. We're just wondering if they would sit two rows back or one row back so that we don't have to sit next to them for the flight. And she said, okay, no problem. I've got it. You know, love your stuff. And um, (laughs) she went over to sit next to them and asked them what happened. Yeah. And this is what the woman said happened. The woman said, we didn't say anything. We're Republicans. We're Republicans. (laughs) I swear to God. We have no problem with lesbians, gays, and bisexuals or whatever. That's the order that she said it in. That's 100% the order. She said, we didn't say anything. We're Republicans. We have no problem with gays or lesbians. Now, I know Republicans. Sure. I'm not saying that all Republicans are anti-gay, but it's a little weird to use that as a defense. Within mere moments. We didn't say anything about the way we vote. There was no part of me that was like, oh, thank you so much for knowing my work. Also, like, we're going to vote for Hillary. Um, Like, there was no part of that. So so she just, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think that was just her being like, yes, like, I think, I think I could translate it for you. Sure. She said, we said nothing. We're Republicans. We have gay and lesbian friends. Yes. I think what she said was, we don't believe that what we said was that negative because we think as the obnoxious people that we are that we can make fun of people for the gender that they are whenever we want. And um, obviously we think that because we subscribe to all the bad parts of the Republican Party. Like, we're not fiscally conservative, but we do think that that woman is going to hell. And we just hate other people is what we... We think we have gay friends, but it's really just like one time we worked with a woman and we didn't talk to her at all. Yeah. So the one thing that I would like to add to conclude this story, which is that they did, they did move. That woman convinced them to move, yep. and that was amazing. I was so happy that we didn't have to fly. And that woman said, as they were moving, she said, well, we're offended that they're offended. Oh, yeah, she said she was offended that we were offended. And we're moving under protest. Yeah, that's right. So she she's, said that she's we, a real hero. She said that, that we offended her by assuming that she was anti-gay. Um... And that's not how that works. She's a but I don't. Have, I didn't have time to. We had like you know. We had to get fucking moving. So my point is, <laughs> they did move. A gentleman that was seated across from us, yes. older gentleman. By the way, these people are in their forties. These are not mid forties. These are not like old. People. Older gentleman leaves over and he goes, "I'm really sorry that that happened to you. That was terrible. That was terrible." And he, he only heard their wife. side of the story. Yeah. So like older straight people. That, I don't want you to assume that that's what was happening. These were young fuckers, is what was happening. These were fuckers. These were young idiots. They were not, it's not just an age, it, they were just jerks and mean and really into football. <laughs> the Packers, too. Come on. Get yeah, and I'm a Bears fan, so anyway, my point is um, there, there's like an amazing silver lining here, which is that I tweeted about the whole experience and I tagged Southwest and I thanked them for stepping in and not requiring that we sit next to these people who were saying shitty things to us for the whole flight. And Southwest tweeted back at us. And you know what they said? They said, there's no room for hate on our love jets. (laughs) 
corporation. Yep. And I get that. But I want you to know that when a major corporation tweets back at you and says, like, no, no, you're right. People shouldn't say crazy shit to you just because you're gay. As a gay person, that feels amazing. So I just want you to know that that is, like, I don't care. That's amazing that we live in that world. Because, like, a corporation has money to make. So that means that they are gambling that more people will support them for taking the right stand than support them for taking the wrong stand. And that is an indication of how far we've come in specific dollar amounts. Yeah. So it's a really good thing, and we were jazzed about it. Hey, um, we're doing something very weird tonight. This is not what we usually do. Um, but Rhea and I are both going to do just really short stats at the beginning of the show. This was us together. We're this is us together. Super talented. So um, good. But now I'm going to exit and um, introduce one of my favorite comics. Uh, you know her. You just saw her. You know her from standing here. She's on stage now. And uh, you've also seen her on Last Comic Standing, but also now. Um, Still standing. Where she is a comic standing. Directly there is where she is. And that's Rhea Butcher. Let's hear for Rhea. Hi, that's me. She's going to do a set right now. One more time for Cameron Esposito, you guys. She's hilarious. Amazing. You guys, my name is Rhea Butcher. It's not a fake name. A lot of people ask me that. It's funny because it's absolutely true. I am 100% butcher than all of you. Uh, the valet called me in because they had some stick shift cars earlier. And they needed some help, and I helped them right out. Put all those cars away. I love having this last name, because how often do you meet somebody that has a last name that is what they are? It's very rare. And that's what last names started as, right? If you made shoes, you're Shoemaker. John's your dad, you're Johnson. But if you're super boring, you're Smith. So they did that. I like to think about my ancestors back in a cave in West Virginia talking to each other, trying to come up with what last name they're going to go with, saying, one day, we'll have the most lesbian daughter. <laughs> so from this day forward, we shall be known as Butcher. <laughs> and the prophecy was fulfilled. <laughs> Here I am in this haircut. They were totally right. They were absolutely right. I also love having this last name because I am a lifetime vegetarian. <laughs> with the last name Butcher. Had that irony my entire life, but not too much iron in my diet. I'm just very weak. I honestly don't even know how I'm standing here at this point. My muscles are just made out of sunflower seeds and hope. Just like, really wishing it. My mom was a vegetarian when she was pregnant with me. That's how long I've been a vegetarian. She had an ultrasound, and it was just a cube of tofu. She was like, is it a boy or a girl? And they're like, we're not sure yet, but we do know it's silken. <laughs> Be great for smoothies. You guys, it, uh, weirdly, despite this off-duty lesbian tractor mechanic outfit I have on <laughs> and this rock-a-doodle haircut I've got, it, uh, it weirdly took me a long time to come out to my family. Uh, I think for a couple of reasons. Uh, I'm from Ohio originally. I like to call that the thinking man's Indiana one reason second reason being from Ohio a lot of my family are hillbillies look at this outfit so am I 
you might be wondering, how hillbilly could you possibly be? Well, you know that phrase, shooting fish in a barrel? I've done that. It is not as easy as you think. It requires a lot of skill. But I think the biggest reason that it took me a while to come out to my family, my parents specifically, is that they've been divorced my entire life. I was born in August of 1982, and they were divorced in September of 1982. I'd like to think I had a little hand in that. Just a little tiny baby hand. It's really small. It's all right. I'm okay. I'm telling jokes in a microphone. I'm great. I'm also an only child, which was pretty great as a kid. You know, it was pretty awesome. Didn't have to share my He-Mans or my She-Ra's or my G.I. Joe's or my My Pal 2 or my My Pet Monster or my My Buddy. None of it. They were all mine. But there is like a, a genre of toys that's very rough for only children. And that is board games. So I'd like to share with you guys my top three worst board games for being an only child. You ready? Number three, Hungry Hungry Hippos. I win. Number two is Twister. <laughs> I win again. And the number one worst board game for being an only child is Don't Wake Daddy, because he doesn't live here anymore. That one's a twofer. It's sort of a, it's a buy one, get one. My runner up is Clue, because it was me. right here. Thanks, you guys. I've been Rhea Butcher. There's another microphone right there. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I'm going to keep the show going. Thank you. Uh, and bring up your next comic. You may have seen her just earlier on this show. She's a brilliant comic. She's also on Drunk History tonight. So when you go home, check that out. It's going to be hilarious. I guarantee it. You guys, please welcome to the stage Cameron Esposito. <laughs> She is amazing. Well, a little bit about me. I am going to get married in two months. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm excited about it. Of course, as you can tell from my Han Solo cosplay, I will be marrying a woman. if it's my age, I'm a lesbian so I look like a 15 year old boy forever but I'm in my early 30s or if it's the fact that I'm getting married but I will tell you guys, something has happened to me that I was unprepared for it started about 6 months ago, now it's every night every night, 11pm if I'm still awake I find that I would like to have a baby <laughs> Oh, this is new. I mean, they don't even make maternity vests, so... Yes. What would I wear? The whole con 
concept of growing a baby inside of your body has always really intimidated me. I mean, I always knew I wanted a parent, but I thought I would, like, buy or steal kids. <laughs> Never thought I would grow one. I mean, just imagine, like, think about the fact that when babies are born, they come out with, like, a full head of hair. That means if you reverse that process, right before that baby was born, that mom had a full head of a stranger's hair inside of her body. I'm not comfortable with that. I don't think any of us are. We will throw away soup if it has one hair in it that is not our own, but a whole head of hair, and it's already inside of you because it grew in there? Come on! But still, my body, against my will, is just like, I want to build something! I've been trying to distract it with Lego sets. Now my apartment is covered in Star Wars vehicles. I will acknowledge one thing before I continue. I'm not promising that I'm going to do this, but if we do decide to do this, um, if we do decide to just like brew up a baby, <laughs> kind of steep it in there, we will have to get um, takeout. <laughs> you know, because then we don't have all the raw materials for a baby in our kitchen. It's like definitely a delivery and not a DiGiorno situation. <laughs> Which is actually fine because I do not like a rising crust, it turns out. As I'm preparing to make that decision, I think about how everybody else does it. You know, whenever you hear somebody talking about getting a sperm donor, they always go for like the best one. I don't know if you've ever heard anybody talk about it, but it's always just like, oh yeah. Oh, our sperm donor? Oh, yeah, he went to Harvard. He was an Illinois senator, and then he became the president. <laughs> Barack Obama? You're talking about Barack Obama? I can't say. Like, it's always that. <laughs> not me. I think that's a terrible strategy. It's not what I'm gonna do. See, I'm gonna choose, like, the worst sperm donor. Just a guy, he just like loiters a lot. He's late. Sometimes he runs out to get a pizza for you and he eats the whole pizza on the way back. Like that guy, that's who I'm gonna choose. Because I figure later when that baby grows up and they like, mess up their life in some way, because all kids mess up their life in some way, then my wife and I could just be like, well, that wasn't us. <laughs> that was old pizza fingers. <laughs> and as a sidebar, when we're talking about sperm donors, old pizza fingers really mean something, doesn't it? And it also means there's old pizza something else. All right, you guys have been wonderful. I'm Cameron Esposito. And Rio is great. And we have a whole slew of other awesome comics 
So that's fucking right, right? Like here you were thinking, well, it's weird, we're at this show, but it's just, they just introduce each other back and forth <laughs> until the end of the night. And yeah, I mean, I know you'd love that. But we've got other folks lined up too. Now this first gentleman, it's his first time on the show. Whenever it's somebody's first time, we go crazy for them. Also, he just released a new album. On, now, my, my buddy up in the booth, Ryan McMenamin, he's a producer on the show. He has a record label called A Special Thing Records. And this next comic just released an album on A Special Thing Records. So let's hear it right now from Mr. Wayne Fetterman, guys. Yeah. Give it up for Wayne! So, you just released... My debut comedy album. That was your debut? This is my debut comedy album. Wow. I know. How's that feel? How long have you been working in comedy? Over 30. So how does it feel for you? That is the question. Well, not how does it feel weird. for me? It's, it's, it's not your normal comedy album. It's not like I went to these guys, a special thing. I think you know them. I and do. They, I was like, I have an idea because I have a lot of archive material of doing like a sort of a 30-year retrospect. So the first joke is from the comic strip when I started at the club. I don't know, what year are you born? Well, maybe I can't ask you what year yeah, you're you born. Yeah, you can. I'm very transparent about that. Yeah. 1981. Okay, so this is from 1984. So when you're three, wow. is my first joke about the 84 Olympics in L.A. Like, from that so club. how long is it? Is it 60 so minutes? It's three CDs. Three CDs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it starts out there during the comedy boom, and then I moved to L.A., and then there's alternative rooms. There's stuff from here. Where did there's, you record it at? What? Name it. Catch a Rising Star, the comic strip, uh, theaters. Wait, I'm sorry. Yeah. This isn't just... <laughs> this is audio of you telling the joke in that moment? Yes. You had... I can't do an 84 Olympic joke now. That would be crazy. Well, yes. I mean, you're right. Yeah, Conceptually, yeah. I guess, comedy yes, is yeah. weird you're enough right, right. that yeah. somebody might do that. I bet somebody does do I that. I bet somebody does now do that. Now that you're talking about it. Um, so you're telling me, like, you went through all of your tapes. Do so you tape yes, your set? Yes, yes. you yeah. went through all of your tapes, you found the jokes on all those tapes, and then you put them out as... Right. Now, three. some of it came off of VHS, some was on a micro cassette, some was on a DAT, some was... I love this project. You do? It sounds awesome. Yeah, I definitely want to listen to it. I may give, I'm you, sure, oh, I yeah. may give you a seat. I would love it. Like, would that I be would, cool? Yeah, I would love to listen to it. That sounds fascinating. Oh, yeah, thank so, you. And it's called Chronicles of Fetterman. Yeah, so it is a chronicle. The last, yeah. I mean, the last bits are from 2015, like some of the stuff I might have done tonight. Well, and then our listeners are like, that's their whole thing. You know, this is what they love. So they're going to do it. They're going to all buy it. Well, also just like some weird behind the scenes shit. Yeah. You know, like we're just chatting in a green room. Uh-huh. But you're talking about more than... Just a comedy album. It's more than a comedy album. It is so a little... I feel like that's kind of what put your hands together, listeners. All right. That's cool. I mean, some of the references people may not get. Would you know what a world book encyclopedia is? Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, so yeah. I do a bit about that. But other people are like, why would you have a book of limited... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. I mean, fair enough. But I feel like th- that's also... What? There's also something to that, you know? That's a cool thing. Thank you. Thank Jokes you. that you don't get. That you then oh, have to try right, and figure right. out why you don't right, get. Right, exactly, exactly. So it's kind of... And I'm lucky in that I don't do topical. So it's not a lot of dated stuff. It's about me growing up in Florida and then moving out there. And, wow. and there's also, like, I was on MTV Half Hour Comedy Hour, which I doubt you know what that show is. But it was like, th- there was these shows like yeah. that stand-ups. And, like, so I just pulled the audio off of that tape. That's awesome. 
Well, I can't wait to check this out, and everybody needs to buy this. And I'm serious, you just oh, give me one. So sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's gonna happen right now. Great. Thanks, man. Give it up for Wade Fetterman one more time. Oh man, we are gonna keep the show right on rolling, you little sweeties. Now, uh, Wayne was great, right? <sighs> Do you know what was happening? I didn't mean to be so weird up top. That was, we were just, we were just, guys, I like to be transparent. We were being taped for the Tonight Show, just to like submit some sets for them. So my point is, you're in on the ground floor. <laughs> did our, did, did my set go great? I wouldn't, I wouldn't have booked it, honestly. But like, but I saw that some of the jokes, she has great personality. You know what I mean? Like I saw, I was like, oh, cool outfit. <laughs> so the other comics were so kind because we just asked if, if we could just do some sets up top and then they waited so patiently. And they're like professionals at this also. And so we're gonna be fucking crazy awesome to them. Correct? We'll all be more people for them, right? <laughs> all right, guys. This next comic, he is... I don't know. I've seen you around town. Do you live here now? No, I'm just visiting. Just visiting for a while. <laughs> He's right there. Do you see that there's like, it's not like that. It's this, well, this is great. This is fucking great. <laughs> Nobody has done this. I'm in love with your choices. What had you just seen? What? I, st- I saw you. Where did I even see you? Oh, I, we ran into each other El Cesario. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, that scared the fuck out of me. You asked me if there were any ghosts in it. Yeah, there was no ghosts, but no, ghosts some other shit happens. You should have said, get the fuck out of here, Esposito. But I watched Did you anybody see that movie? Cesario? I kept calling it sciatica, but <laughs> Rhea told me that was racist. Anyway, my point is, this next comic, you have seen him right over there. <laughs> I saw him at Cesario. Let's hear right now for Liam McEnany, guys. Give it up for Liam. The only ghosts in that movie were the ghosts of our South American drug policies. Um, and that is straight from my Huffington Post review. That is not... Uh, G- Cameron, by the way, I didn't know this. Uh, congrats on, on the engagement. The, I've always said one of my favorite couples uh, in comedy. I think I've said that every show I do. And uh, two of the best heads of hair in show business. And that is not a joke. Um, it's okay. You guys can uh, laugh after my set. Um, <laughs> We're taping this for public access, so, uh, (laughs) fingers crossed. (laughs) I'm here in Hollywood where dreams come true. (laughs) Ah, Hollywood Boulevard, where dreams, (laughs) uh, settle very, very hard. Uh, very hard for a yoga instructor. That is where dreams, uh... I love Hollywood. <laughs> oh my God, the best! Just the Hollywood is the best. Like, I, if I had to describe Hollywood to the people listening at home, you've never been. It's like someone rubbed a magic lamp, and the genie came out and said, "You have one wish. You can wish for anything." And the guy was like, "All right, 
I wish that every Tom Waits song would come true all at once. And then Gene's like, well, uh, well okay, it's a, it's a big world. I can spread it out. No, I want it all in one square mile. Hollywood Boulevard from fucking Vermont to La Brea. Nothing but Tom Waits characters all the way down. That is Hollywood in a nutshell. I don't want kids. I, Cameron, ugh, I don't want... Good, good for you. Uh, you will be a great parent. I, I don't want... And my, my sister had... A, I have a seven-year-old nephew, and my sister, when my sister had him, uh, all my friends were like, well, congratulations, I guess it's your turn. And I was like, I don't, I don't really think so. Because <laughs> I don't think my parents are ready for the responsibility <laughs> of raising my child. I mean, look at the way they dressed me for the show. Clearly, they have a lot of work to do. <laughs> I, uh, I don't want kids... And, and, and when I say that, people act like it's a really weird thing. Like, people are like, really? You don't want kids? I don't know why that's weird. I think it would be weird if I was like, I want babies. Lots and lots of babies. Just hundreds of babies in my apartment crawling over each other for food. That would be weird. And, this, and all my friends who are parents say the same thing. They're always like, well, just wait till you have your first, and then you'll see. And I think that's a terrible time to find out. <laughs> right? Standing over his crib going, well, Liam Jr., turns out I was right. You, my friend, are a mistake. I got a date coming over at 7.30, so get the fuck out. Get GTFO. That's how I talk to my imaginary baby. Some of you are right to be quietly outraged. Some of you are absolutely correct. I read a thing that said that it costs society $125,000 per child to help raise it from birth to age 18. And I feel like if I can make it to 40 without having a kid, I should get that money. <laughs> If I can make it to 40 without babies, I should be invited to the White House. And Obama should just give me one of those big cardboard checks. He'd be like, here's your money for knowing your limits. Now go spend it on those 43 cats we all know you're going to die with. Yes, men die with cats too. Don't be sexist. I'm here to smash gender roles. <laughs> oh, I, uh, and I feel like, you know, all that money, like, so much of that money is wasted on children. I really do. I am a product of the New York City public school system. And I am here to tell you, I cannot find New York City on a map. That's not a joke. I, it's a I have a friend who went through the British school system, and he told me that they made him memorize the Magna Carta, and that's when I learned what the Magna Carta is. <laughs> Up until then, I thought it was a volcano phrase. And the fact that I say volcano phrase <laughs> should tell you what a waste of money. I like kids. I love spending time with my nephew. 
I I realize I used to think I didn't like kids. I used to think I, I used to think I was a kid. Now I realize I love kids. Uh, but the more time I babysit this guy on the playground, the more I realize I hate parents. Most parents, any shitty kid you see, is just the product of a shitty parent. Any kid that comes up to like I've had, you know, like you have kids coming up to you on the playground like ah you're fat and running away and I want to destroy them I'm a comedian I know I can do it I have the skills I want to be like ah you're uh, 30 seconds your dad wish he could get back from his life like but I can't do that I didn't say it don't be angry but that's like a parent who should be like no you don't say that to someone. You wait until they're gone and then say it to your friend. Oh, how do I not end on an awkward silence? I won't. Thank you very much. Thank you, Cameron and Rhea. Give it up for Liam. Give it up for Liam. Come on. Yes. I know you've got it in you. We are going to keep this awesome show right on rolling. This next comic is in from San Francisco, and we're so lucky to have her on the show. Uh, she's fantastic, and I believe it's the first time on the show. So please give a huge first-time welcome to Lydia Popovich, you guys. Hey, yo, hey! Hey, how y'all doing? Hey, yo, hey! Hey, hey, yo, Shit! I like just walking into rooms quaint as fuck, like I'm from the South or something. From the South, where you told you I'm from San Francisco. But I just love doing that because I just feel like it's so great. I like to see how many times I can say it until somebody's head just explodes from human kindness. You know? It's just shit we're not used to. Like, you guys are in LA, we're very similar. We all walk around here very insulated, not talking to anyone, completely engrossed within our telephones. When someone comes remotely close to us, we just look up and yell, I don't have any money! <laughs> and then we scowl and walk away. Evidently, that's rude in Tennessee, guys. <laughs> that's where I learned that. They're just nice for no good reason. Hey, yo, hey! Hey! It's disturbing for, like, the immediate time you experience it, and then you just settle into kindness. You're like, oh. <laughs> this is what it's like to have a dad. <laughs> It's just so nice. So I just like to share that experience with audiences. Hey, y'all, hey. I'm a lady on a show with some ladies. It's awesome. Not always the case. Sometimes you're on shows with all dudes. But it's fine, because I'm a lady who's confident. I love being a woman. Uh, but it doesn't mean I don't understand that this is a very complicated ecosystem. <laughs> it requires a great deal of maintenance and upkeep in order to stay in its tip-top shape. Uh, which means as ladies, we've got responsibilities to ourselves and to the people around us, of course, uh, to find a lady doctor that we trust. You know, to find someone you can see on a regular basis. And when you leave, you don't feel like you were fingered by a stranger. You know, just <laughs> crucial. <laughs> crucial. Took me the better part of 30 years to find that doctor. When I did, I knew it was going to be forever because she was in and out of my business in like 10 minutes. And at the end, she looked at me and she said, I just want you to know everything is very clean, very healthy, and very tight. And I was like... Excuse me? I don't... 
I don't think I heard you. Could you, I'm sorry, could you just repeat that last part for me, please? And she looked at me straight faced and said, yes, yes, you have a very tight vagina. And I was like, oh my God. Is it like a certificate of authenticity? A sticker I can put on my driver's license? Like anything commemorative at all. You know, I can leave this office with. I just want something to take on a date next time. You know, something as proof and just be like, yeah, yeah, check it out. I'm medically tight. <laughs> I think that means I get whatever dessert I want. <laughs> I'll take three. <laughs> like Liam, uh, all of my friends are married and having kids. Uh, I, I like kids. I'm not, I'm not a child hater. It's not necessarily I'm going to do myself because I'm a traveling comic, but I don't hate kids. I think they're wonderful. And I actually, I revere parents because like parenting is fucking hard, you guys. Like that's really hard. So I commend everyone that's done it, but I hate my friend's kids. I do. I hate every single one of my friend's kids because those children are keeping me from doing the single most important thing in my life. And that is you guys have brunch. <laughs> fucking love brunch. <laughs> single lady in my 30s fucking brunch hard alright look at me I'm built to brunch it's what I do and I thought we were in it together because in our 20s we fucking brunched hard every weekend Saturday and Sunday fucked up both days got up right away went to some substandard restaurant because we know we needed the power of brunch inside went to places that weren't even adequate spots that didn't even have a real brunch menu where you show up and the back of the menu just says breakfast all day like that's acceptable Somewhere where all the condiments are individually packaged and those shitty little caddies just sitting there covered with the dust in the middle of the table. Some place that doesn't even have more than two choices of bread. Somewhere that doesn't even know how to poach an egg. Because if we're honest and we're in our 30s and we're at brunch, it's the only way you should be getting your egg. What do you do? Getting them scrambled? Are you six? You know? Some place where you ask for butter and they show up with margarine like, what? That's not <laughs> they only have those pre-mixed mimosas that only get you drunk while you're actually drinking them and then as soon as you put them down you're immediately hung over and filled with regret like we've all done that brunch like I did that brunch several times over in my 20s because like I said I thought we were in it together I thought me and my friends were working towards a collective future in our 30s we'd have long deliberate elaborate purposeful brunches brunches that are planned in advance brunches that you wake up for sober because you know you gotta get to that restaurant on time I ain't gonna hold that table. Somewhere where you show up and they have a drink menu that is so complicated, it includes things you can't even comprehend. Shit like chartreuse. What the fuck is chartreuse? I have no idea. Put it in my champagne. Sounds amazing. Some places have so many bread choices, they've got biscuits and scones, which if you know anything about breakfast breads are technically the same thing, but so different. And you absolutely need both. Some place that knows how important condiments are and takes the time to make them in-house. Precious shit like lemon curd, you know? Orange marmalade. Fucking apple butter, you know? Made in-house. Somewhere that does know how to poach an egg and takes the time to poach it perfect. Takes the time to poach it perfect and nestle it into a delicate little basket of spinach that has been lovingly sautéed with chicken and garlic. That's right. It has been hit with hollandaise sauce, the cornerstone of brunch. 
glistening in its golden perfection, like someone just covering the baby Jesus with a blanket. That's how important that fucking sauce is. And most importantly, somewhere that serves butter, real butter. So much butter that has been lovingly respected. The place has taken the time to shape it into perfect delicate little globes. And those little globes have been stacked into pyramids. And those little pyramids have been put onto plates. And those little plates have been put into the fridge so they retain their shape and then taken out with enough time so it reaches room temperatures. By the time it reaches your table and you go to spread that across your bread choice, it doesn't fuck up your crumb. (laughs) Talking about fucking brunch! I brunch hard! have a sexy ass brunch like that with a fucking toddler at the table? Aw oh, man, fuck your baby! This is brunch, this is our time, this is now I've got $200 and three hours invested in getting fucked up! Can't have those little shitty muffin hands knocking over $15 of food click home. man get the fuck out of here! Have the decency to call your girl and tell her, you know what, I gotta sit this one out cause I fucked up and had Carlos. <laughs> I'm saying is this, ladies. We have choices. I choose motherfucking brunch. My name is Lydia Popovich. Thank you so much. Lydia Popovich is amazing, yes? I know, she's so great. (laughs) And the first time I met Lydia and worked with her, uh, we we were... she was hosting at a club uh, that I was <laughs> that I was headlining, but uh, no. She was so we met each other uh, there, and to get to the club, the audience had to walk through a mattress store, <laughs> through a mattress store, <laughs> which means they had to be surrounded by mattresses. Comfy, comfy mattresses, reminded of bed and sleeping, and then go walk into a comedy show and decide to sit there for two hours and listen to, like, I mean, really brilliant comics. (laughs) But still, it was fucking crazy. And also, Rio was featuring that night, so it was three female comics performing in the same lineup, and you know what happened after that series of shows? Fucking nothing. It was fine. It was, was almost, it was almost as if we all had something different to say. There was even men in the audience. And they were like, I think we just saw a comedy show. So that was pretty rad. How are you doing? You seem so smiley and great. Yeah. Oh, let's talk to both of you. Yes. You're doing great. How was your day? They got so mad at each other. Oh, we'll get to both. Don't worry about it. What's going on? How was your day? It was really good. It was really chill. I didn't do very much. Nothing. Cool. Do you live in Los Angeles? I do. I live two blocks away. What's your exact address and apartment number? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm on Yucca Street. You should stop talking now. <laughs> Don't tell any. If somebody says that, 
just no. Have an Uber drop you off at the corner. You don't need people to know where you fucking live. Certainly not me. You don't know me. I might come in and raid your vests. Cool. You, did you have the day off? Yeah, well, I don't. I get it. Why would you? Um, <laughs> like at all? Well, I, I just graduated college and I'm applying to grad school. Oh, great! Yes. <laughs> so you're like, you're like pretty rich right now, right? <laughs> like, you know what I, you know what they say about co- college graduates who are about to apply to grad school? It's like they're in the money, you know. <laughs> what are you gonna go to grad school for? Philosophy. Well, there it is. I mean, that's how you're gonna make that bank. Cool, 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 cool. What's up with you? Oh man, no, but we'll get to you. I mean, like we can just keep going. How are you doing? Yeah. How was your day? Okay. You're a musician. So, what did you do today? You're working in studio? Wow. Like, what, were you working on your own? What's happening? What were you working on? You're here recording an album in Los Angeles? You are? You, you, it's the album of you? What is your name? Ashley what? Powell. Ashley Powell. What kind of music do you make, Ashley Powell? Alternative rock. Alternative rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Acoustic stuff? Great. Awesome. Uh, when, how's it going with the music? I don't, it's tough. Rhea's the one. She knows the follow-up questions. I don't know anything about music at all. It's so crazy. Do you know, um, I recently heard, I was recently, you'll relate to this. I was recently driving from Fort Collins, Colorado, which is one hour north of Denver, to Denver. After show, it was very late at night, and I was tired. I put on the radio, roll the windows down, and the song that was on the radio was Taylor Swift's Wildest Dreams. (laughs) Now, the first time you hear Taylor Swift's Wildest Dreams, you're like, all right, Taylor. How tall is he? you wearing, Taylor? How you want to be remembered, Taylor? Just kind of letting it in. Not really being moved by it. But my experience was, the moment that that song was over, I was like, I really miss Taylor Swift's Wildest Dreams. <laughs> it's got such a good beat, lyrically brilliant. So I, f- I flipped on over to the next station. Do you, do you know what was playing? On just the next station over? Taylor Swift's Wildest Dreams was playing. So I was like, great. I'll listen to this. I listened to it, and then it was over, and there was a commercial. It was kind of a short commercial, kind of peppy, so I left that station on. I don't know, we'll see what they're selling. And then when it came back from commercial, do you know what was the next song that they played? It was Taylor Swift's Wildest Dreams. The DJ was like, I know what we're gonna do for these people. 
Tales of Wild Dreams, commercial. Tales of Wild Dreams. <laughs> That's what they'll want. <laughs> now, DJ was right. Because I was listening to it again, and I pulled into my hotel, and I ball hard, so I was staying at the motherfucking Ritz. So I pulled into the Ritz with my rented Toyota Corolla. Windows down, system up, blaring, Taylor Swift's Wildest Dreams. Now they have a valet there, so I handed my car over to the valet. That person got in the car and drove away. Taylor's still playing. The next morning, I got in the car and that same station was playing at the same volume which means that valet got in that car and he was like yeah fuck yeah Taylor and listen to that all the way what's funny is I seem to be walking people talking about Taylor Swift's wildest dreams as we got just two comics left. I know it's been a long day. And I know I'm talking about some pretty divisive shit. You guys have it in your hearts for two more comics. Do you have it in your hearts for two more great comics? I knew you did. You're going to love this next dude. Let's hear it right now for Zach Sims. Come on. Give it up for Zach. Give it up. Thank you guys so much. That's so nice. I am happy to be here in beautiful Los Angeles, California. I have been living here for two years about. It is going fine. I'm broke. We'll start there. I'm very broke. I'm a very broke person. This is how broke I am. I'm starting to become like the broke friend. In my friend group, they're doing really well. They have a lot of money, but not me so much. So I'm starting to like try to downgrade their plans so they're like fit my price bracket. You know, it's a lot of them being like, hey, Zach, we thought this weekend we'd drive out to Vegas, huh? Won't that be great? Go to Vegas, stay at this awesome hotel. It's going to be about 85 bucks a person. Then after that, we'll go to this tremendous all-you-can-eat, all-you-can-drink buffet. It's going to be six, five bucks, and we're just going to gamble the night away. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, we could do that. Or I thought maybe we could take a bus down to the river And stare would be an option. Like, you know you're broke when everything you do for fun is just stuff Huck Finn used to do. That's a good sign. Do <laughs> have a lot of money? Before I lived here, I lived in New York City. I did not do that well as well. This is what I did. I do not recommend this. I moved to New York City, a 19-year-old, morbidly obese, religious virgin. That was fun. Life was like, oh, you don't know any of the things? How about all of the things? Maybe you'd like that. Maybe you'd like to look at that. I just didn't know. I didn't know anything. Move, 19-year-old virgin. Didn't have sex till I was 22, which is late, but it's not crazy late. You know, it's like six years after you're the cool kid in high school, but still like another four years before you start going to the mall just to smell people's hair, you know, just to, just to make a connection in some way. Very religious growing up. Strict Southern Baptist family, if you're not familiar with Southern Baptist, recently decided dancing was not a sin. That's where they've gone. Just caught up with Footloose. That's where they're at. 
We would do all the OG religious stuff growing up, like we would pray before every single meal. It was always my job to say the prayer, which is like a lot of pressure to put on a kid, you know, having to come up with 85 ways to thank God for delivery, you know. I would just say Lord a bunch. Hope that worked. Hope that got me through it. That was my move. I would just go, uh, oh, Lord, you are Lord, and... uh, Oh, sweet Lord, we're liking that. Uh, Lord, we thank you for this gathering of family, both young and old. Looking around the room, Lordy, Lordy, look who's 40. It's Uncle Dave, and he's here. Uh, Much like John is the papa of these pizzas. You are the papa of our souls. P.S. is fingering cool. Let's eat. He's really into it. God loves fingering. Fingering and butt stuff. Can't get enough of it. I think it's in Romans. I could be wrong. Super religious, also raised by a single dad. Not the... Yeah. No, that's a proper gasp. People don't get it. Here's the problem with single dads. Too much single, not enough dad. Could have used a little more dad. Would have been a nice thing in that equation. People think when they hear that, it'd be awesome, you know? They think it's just you hanging with your bro, backwards hats, chili for breakfast, living the dream, you know? And it's not like that. It's way more like hanging out with some old dude who just got dumped. It is not a good time. I was basically raised by a bag of Funyuns. Like, here's something... He did give you an example of what was going on. My dad would eat mayonnaise straight out of the jar. Sure. With a fork. Yeah, that's much worse. That's a much worse thing. That means my sole role model for how to be a man in this world was thinking things like, well, this commercial's only 30 seconds. I don't got time to be washing spoons. What am I, a college professor? Come on. He was. It didn't go well for him. But can you imagine... What it would be like to be a little boy trying to make your way through this world. You come home from school, you make a tuna fish sandwich, you open the mayo, and there's fork marks in there. I'm supposed to be able to have a relationship with a woman after this? Walk into a room of confidence knowing that I am 50% mayonnaise? I am seeing a lady now, though, I should say. I've overcome it's going well. I was single for a very long time. I was single for too long. Like, I was starting to become the kind of guy I don't want to be. Like, I was starting to become the kind of guy who, like, thinks about wearing a vest, you know, or, like, clears my web history so I don't see it. You know, bad stuff. <laughs> Here's how I feel about internet pornography. We all want to talk about it, of course. I would like there to be ads on there that were not for sex perverts. <laughs> Good boys like to come, too, you know? That's my motto. (laughs) You know, I'm a nice young man. I enjoy a lovely evening out with a nice young lady, but sometimes I also need to spew my demon seed (laughs) so I can bump up against somebody at Starbucks without bursting in the flames, you know? (laughs) And I get it. You're in the smut business. You want to make a few bucks. Maybe this is the right time for Orville Redenbacher, I understand. But the ads are so aggressive. You know, it's always just like, fucking old lady. Anonymous Asians thirst for your dong. You know, like, I'm not a monster. I just did my laundry and won a reward. That's all that's going on here. 
Like, when I am done with this, this is the one clear thought I will have all day, you know? Just give me something I can use. I want to just be able to be like, oh, oh, I'm enjoying what this lady's doing. Oh, I like looking this lady right now. This is nice. Look forward to doing this to a lady soon. That'll be good. Ah! Oh, maybe I should get my associate's degree. That is a good idea. <laughs> Welding's not going anywhere. Yeah, people really tighten up on the welding part. It's a dying breed, I guess. It is good. I just wouldn't, I'm not good at like, here's a single thing that I was not, like one time I was doing the online dating and I had met this girl online. We had not met in re real life yet, but had moved on the texting and the texts were starting to get a little saucy, a little erotic. I was starting to feel dick pick pressure from her, you know, like, like she was going to want a dick pic, you know, very soon, which I do not like to do because we had not had sex yet. And this is not an opener dick, you know, like a lot of... A lot of leg work has to happen, you know, before this guy makes an appearance. Like any time I've ever gotten laid, it's been for three reasons. You know, I'm funny enough, I'm nice enough, and I remind her enough of her dad. That's it. You know, that's the only way it's... And I'm not a penis hater. He's done good work, he'll continue to do so, but there's just no angle I can shoot this that's going to make it a cock, you know? There's just no... <laughs> There's no lens. <laughs> Best case scenario, Johnson. So I was a little worried about it. And I was talking to a friend of mine about it, and she told me about this blog that just rates dick pics. So it does rate my dick pic.com if you're interested. And they do it in like a sex positive, progressive way. So it seemed good to me. I went on there 20, 25 minutes, an hour and a half, just scrolling through dicks, you know, spruising. <laughs> And they have like different criteria for the picks, like what's in the background, you know? What's the composition of the pick? Is your hand in there so it's not just a loose dick running around? And it turns out the number one thing you want to make a really good dick pick is like a really big dick. That's what you're shooting for. <laughs> Still the winner after all these years. Thank you very much. Zach Sims, you guys, let him hear it. I also had a single dad. He did not raise me, but he remained single as a dad for quite some time. Um, and that dad lived in a basement when I was visiting him on my visitation. He lived in his dad's basement. It was pretty great. It was not great. I learned many things. Always leave your socks on. And it's preferable to keep your shoes on. In a basement. But also, he used to feed me dinner on an old weight bench. Like I would have my macaroni and cheese on this old weight bench with no weights on it. You guys seem sad. But that's okay, because all of that just made me the strong lesbian that I am today. Because of the weights. All right, you guys, this final comic is a friend of the show. We love it when he comes by. You may have heard him on This American Life. Please give a warm welcome to Chris Garcia. Thanks, everybody. I'm feeling good. Rhea just complimented my shirt. 
which is like the equivalent of Johnny Carson and asking you to sit on a couch, but for shirts. <laughs> Feels nice. Whew. You know what I mean? Uh, I, uh, I grew up here in Los Angeles. Uh, anybody else? Yeah? Uh, well, whereabouts did you... Where'd you grow up? Oh, that's okay. Nice try. Um, <laughs> that's okay. I grew up in Inglewood. Uh, it's up to no good. Yep. Whoop, whoop. I, uh, did you guys too? This is a short set. Cool. I, I'll tell you where. I grew up on the intersection of uh, Go Raiders and Fuck Haters. Did you live by there? And I went to a rough high school. Our mascot was Cypress Hill. And um, my parents are Cuban. My mom's Cuban. She's super Cuban. She's a jungle Cuban. She could peel a mango with her feet. And... <laughs> After a couple years of high school in England, my parents were like, you're going to die. So they put me in a high school in Manhattan Beach. Uh, this high school, Manhattan Beach is a surfer town. It's all Adam's apples and flip-flops. It's Daniel Tosh as far as the eye can see. It's just fucking Tosh Australia, everybody. And it was weird. It was tough. Like, the most popular guy at this school, his name was Brogan Donahoe. That's a real name. You can do that with a name. This guy's name was Brogan. Bro was in his name. His last name was Donahoe. Technically, his name was Bros Before Hoes. That's how much of a dude this dude was. He was the dudest dude. He ran for class president. His slogan was Brogan. That's my slogan. And he won. He ran unopposed because you can't fuck with that. It rhymes too good. It was a weird time transferring from Inglewood to Manhattan Beach. My dad started taking classes at my high school, uh, ESL classes uh, for adults, adult English language learning program. His class, his all-day class, was right across the way from my homeroom. So I'd like show, I'd like walk to class, and my dad'd be real chatty, trying to practice his English, like, "Hey, Chris, hey, my, hey, guy, um." Hey, you forgot your lunch, okay? Don't forget your lunch, okay? We're not like these rich fuckers over here, okay? I don't have a job, that's why I'm here, okay? So don't forget your roots. And uh, also vote for Brogan, he has a good slogan. I was like, where am I? So I was like, I needed, a group, I needed a community of people. I joined Model United Nations, a debate team. Uh, it was really, you know, I kind of backfired because the other teams we played were hunting in Huntington Beach and Redondo Beach and Newport Beach. So the debate still went like, actually, the delegate from Sri Lanka is being a total boner right now, and I don't appreciate it. Overfishing sucks. It's all one ocean. Don't barg bogart the sea, bro. Uh, and so I was like, what is this? Where am I? And luckily, there was this girl there, and it was, a, you know, that first time you fall in love in high school, and you only remember that person? I was like, oh, there was this girl in Molly Yuan. She was really cool. She was really pretty. She was, a, she was a rich, white girl, and I was like, and she was a cheerleader? And I was like, I'm just a boy from the streets. I can go out with Kelly Kapowski. <laughs> you know? She's looking for a Mark Paul Gosler. I'm just a little AC Slater over here. <laughs> AC Slater, see you later, AC Slater. And so she was really rich. Her house had an elevator in it. My house was an apartment. <laughs> and so, but I really liked her. And after a while, we like became friends and stuff. And then we, I think I was like, I thought maybe she had a crush on me, but I didn't know, you know, I was really insecure about it. A dance came up. I didn't invite her to the dance. And after the dance, she was like, hey, you could have asked me to the dance. 
And I was like, uh-oh, plot twist. Bow, bow, bow. So I asked her out. I, on the spot, I went, Liz, will you be my girlfriend? <laughs> oh, what a dork. And she said yes. And we started dating and stuff and like for like oh, quite a while. And after about six months, she was like, hey, I think we should, we should do it. We should have sex. And so I went for it. And she's like, not right now with fucking Frasier in the background, you asshole. I meant eventually. It has to be special. And I was like, okay, that sounds great. We'll lose our virginities to each other. It'll be so cool. It'll be amazing. And I remember her once saying that the most comfortable bed she ever slept in was a Regent Beverly Wilshire Hotel. The hotel from Pretty Woman. And now I don't know why her parents went on vacation 10 miles away from their house. But it didn't really matter. I was like, I'm going to make this happen. So I called the Regent Beverly Wilshire Hotel. I was like, hi, one room for Garcia, please. And they were like, it'll be $400. And so I was like, I'll call you right back. <laughs> I didn't have $400. So I went out and I got a job. I got a job at a dry cleaner. This, I'm telling this story now. This kid I'm telling this story about, he's long dead. This kid died. <laughs> but, but I got a job at a dry cleaner in the area for $4.50 an hour. And it was the dry cleaner where her dad dropped off his fancy suits. He was like the vice president of uh, some car company. And so I, uh, he thought it was really noble that I worked at this dry cleaner every day after school. And I thought it was really cool that I was going to fuck his daughter one day. <laughs> My parents didn't come here for nothing, mister. And um, <laughs> we're going to take over this place one day. And so I, wor I got a bank account. I didn't have a bank account. And every time I use my bank card, I'll say member since 1999. I'll kind of remember this, and it's kind of sweet. But I saved up the money. I, uh, I called up the Regent Beverly Wilshire. We, and I, we set this whole thing up. And so the day of, I didn't tell her we were going to the Regent Beverly Wilshire. I wanted it to be a surprise. So I told her we were going camping. So she dressed up like we were going camping. And we were going to go to Beverly Hills. I was like, oh, I can't let this happen. She might be embarrassed. She's got Tevas on, straight up river sandals. She's got like those zipper short pants that you take camping. Uh, yeah. Woo. And then like a Rosie the Riveter bandana on. And I was like, well, maybe she'll want to change. So I'll put together a real cool outfit that she'll feel fancy like Julia Robertson. So I snuck into her room and I got her peach colored prom dress. I was like, that's a pretty thing, right? I got it cleaned at the dry cleaner for free, saving money. And so we take off in this 1981 Toyota Corolla. I put the, her uh, bandana, I put it over her eyes to make it more of a surprise. We show up at the Regent Beverly Wilshire. There's like a big valet there. And I, I've never seen a valet before. I don't know what to do. So I just like freeze up and like 50 feet away from the valet, I just get out of the car and Security runs to the car. They see a girl with a bandana on. They think they have a hostage situation going on. And to be like, oh, no, it's not what it looks like. She takes off the bandana. She sees where we are. She starts crying. It's the sweetest thing she's ever seen. I start crying. We check in. We go upstairs. I had had a friend buy an older friend buy champagne for us, like in Pretty Woman. And we drank champagne. I brought a disc man with a pavement song on it, because this is the most 90s story of all time. We listen to this song, Rattled by the Rush, and then we're like, let's do it. 
and we made out, we kissed, and it was really innocent, and I put my penis right inside, and I came right away. As soon as it went in, I just, I just came. And I was so embarrassed, I was like, I felt I had worked so hard, I had prepared so hard, it felt like I trained for a marathon, got to the starting line, and jizzed all over the place. It was so embarrassing, but then I waited like half an hour, and then straight up knocked it out of the park. Uh, <laughs> so my parents didn't come here for nothing, everybody. Thanks for listening to my story. You guys are great. Good night. Chris Garcia, you guys. Let him hear it. That's our friend Chris Garcia. Chris Garcia, you guys. That was like the most work that anybody has ever done to achieve any goal. That was a lot of work. Literally any goal. Yep. One more time for Chris. Chris Garcia. Oh, and by the way, that's our show. Thank you guys so much for coming out tonight. Thank you so much. I'm Cameron Esposito. I'm Rhea Butcher. We're here every Tuesday night. Thank you guys so much. One more time for everybody you saw. See you next week. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. Ah! Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.